Good evening, everyone. Here, pass your note over so I can see too. Okay. There you go. And we'll just wait until people join. And seconds. if you're joining, go ahead and share it with your friends. Like and share. If you're watching the replay, do the same thing also. And tonight we're going to talk about the weapons of our warfare. And biblically... We have things that the Word of God says that we fight with because mm -hmm. we don't fight in our flesh against spiritual things. We have to fight with the what the Word of God gives right. us, what God, the weapons that God gives us. So that's what we're going to talk about is the weapons of our warfare. Yeah. The Bible talks about it not being carnal. Yeah. So, you know, with that, how do we fight? And we're going to give you how many reasons? Five? Not five reasons, but... Or five things that'll help you. Um, you. You know, fight. A good fight of faith or fight and actually win a life. Because many Christians don't actually know how to fight or even know how to use the weapons God has given them to fight. And many of them are foreign to people. Honestly, just because of a lack of understanding, but we're going to go ahead and jump right into this. I've got um, the scripture down, Second Corinthians 10. Hi, Mom. Three, four, three through four. Are you on, Mom? Say hi if you're on. Ready? What For is the, it? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So we have power to destroy strongholds. We have power to destroy every work of the enemy. And it says there, we do not fight against flesh and blood. We don't fight against people. We aren't here to fight people. As a, as a believer, my main job is not to fight with people. It's not to argue with people. It's not to create discord. And this is what Paul was teaching in this chapter. I'm not here to create discord between people. My struggle is not with people. It is with principalities and evils of this world. My goal is not to fight with people. So, how do we fight? There are spiritual principalities at work against you and at work against the believer. So you need to know how to fight because sometimes the devil can send people against you. So how do you fight? How do you use the Word of God? How do you use the weapons God has given you to have a victorious lifestyle? Because it is possible. Many people don't know how, but you can have a victorious lifestyle and not have to worry about anything the enemy throws at you. Whether that be sickness, whether that be disease, poverty, no matter what it is, you have the power to, to get rid of it all in your life. Yeah. And, um, sorry, where was my thought? Go ahead. I'm All right. sorry. All right. Um, and we'll go ahead and jump into our first point, which again, the main weapon, and we've talked about this a lot. It's the Word of God. How do we fight? It's with the Word of God. It's with the power that God has given us because the Word of God carries power. The Bible even says that he holds his Word above his own name. Mm -hmm. He holds the Word of God above the, his own name. So you got to think, what God says and what God decrees has more power than you using the name of Jesus. 
That might sound funny. That might sound foreign. But this is what God has declared for you. This is what God has said. What I have said, I will make happen for you. So you have to understand if the word of God says it, you can have it. Because God is not a man that he should lie. So God's not going to lie to you. God's not going to deceive you. He's not going to write something in his word that he does not mean. Mm -hmm. The word of God is of utmost importance for the believer. Yeah. And that that's the first weapon that we have is the word of God. And Ephesians six seventeen and the second half of it says I'll just read the whole thing. In verse 17, it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so in that second half, I want to highlight on that. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You saw even in the um, where Jesus went into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He came out and the devil tempted him. And he kept... The devil came even with the word of God, but... Um, Jesus fought with the word of God because that's mm -hmm. it, it, um, in this um, passage it talks about the whole armor of God and the um, the only thing that is an offensive weapon or an offensive um, yeah offensive means for attack how you attack the enemy the only offense you have is the sword the only weapon you right. have is the sword and Everything else is just protective, a protective layer. Right. But only in that one, it talks, um, in that, it talks about the word of God being our sword. Yeah. And so that's one of the weapons that we have is the word of God. And just like he said, God exalts his word above his name and his name is powerful. And that's mm -hmm. going to be another weapon that we're going to talk about also. But Ephesians six seventeen it says that the word is our sword, is the sword yeah. of the spirit. Yeah, the word is the sword. Jesus used it. Mm -hmm. Jesus used the word of God for every situation. You didn't see a point where Jesus didn't turn to the word of God. He, he constantly brought scripture into place. Even when the Pharisees challenged him, he constantly had a scripture to back up what he was saying. He constantly had the word of God. And even when the devil came and tempted him, he had the word of God to fight with. He didn't argue with man. He didn't argue his opinion. He didn't go, well, I think this is what would be the best for this situation. He didn't carry himself like the rest of the Pharisees. He did something different. He used the Word of God, which carries power. You have to understand that. The Word of God carries power. That's why they were amazed with Jesus. It's because He carried power. He didn't look like everyone else. He didn't talk like everyone else. He quoted the Word of God. What does God say about your situation? And then what, can, what do you do to provoke God to move on that situation? Yeah. And that's when you see power into your life. Me quoting the word of God will have more power than me arguing my point with anyone. The word of God is the most important thing you can have in you. Because what God says, he means. Yeah. And Matthew twenty four thirty five it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. My words will never fade. My words will never disappear. Because his word will last. It's what his mm -hmm. word says is will last and will continue because it's the the word of God that it even it was spirit it was um what is that called um never mind sorry I lost my train of thought but anyways it's the power of God it's um spirit breathe yeah it's spirit, <laughs> that's it's what spirit I'm trying breathe. to say the word of God is spirit breathe it came from the mouth of God 
It came from the Spirit of God. It, it's not just idle words that people speak. It came from God, so it is Spirit breathed. For or um, actually, John one one. Uh, can you turn there real quickly? Yeah, I can do that. Actually, I might. I got it. All right. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yeah. Keep going. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without, without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Yeah. All right. So the word of God carried power. The word was God, and the word was with God. So you have to understand, or the word was with God, and the word was God. So when God spoke, it was as himself. So when God's word is spoken, it carries power. That's how this earth was created. God spoke a word and this whole earth came to be. So you have to understand what God says carries power. If he created the entire earth as his foundation through the words he spoke, how much more important is it the Bible to us? Or mm -hmm. how much more important is the word of God to our lives? Because if he spoke and the earth was created, how much more important can something like this change our life? Because this is also something God spoke. So this is of utmost importance. You have to quote this for your life and know how to fight the enemy. Priority number one, know the word of God. There is power in the word of God. Um, that's number one. Number two, and I'm just going to go back to Ephesians um, 6 and verse 18, which is right after the one we... Um, read earlier and it says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication mm -hmm. and then i'm going to turn to romans 8 26 and 27 oh, yeah, I'm gonna talk. so ephesians 6 18 prayer i'm um, actually can you read 19 too because there's something else there in 19 i was reading yeah i know that was a little bit of a throw Sorry. there and also for me that the words may be given to me in the opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Right. So read 18 and 19 together. Okay. Sorry. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all per perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me that my words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Yeah. So... When he, Paul, oh, actually it's Romans, but Paul used the word of, um, the, the spirit of God speaking in another language as utterance. He connected with the spirit that way. That's how he got in tune with the spirit. Do you have the Roman scripture? Yeah. All right. Romans eight twenty six and 27. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to do or what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes us with groanings too deep for mm -hmm. the for yeah, words. Yeah. That's powerful. The Word of God intercedes Himself through groanings. The Spirit communicates with you when you speak in tongue. Hey, Pastor Harold. Oh, uh, I thought your dad was calling us pastors. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Pastor Harold's on. And verse 27, And he who searches hearts knows that what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Spirit of God is important to have the Spirit to speak in tongues. It is important for you to have that. 
And and there's so much controversy on, on speaking in tongues. People call it speaking of, of the devil. You hear so much controversy with it. But the fact is, it's there to grow your own spiritual life. It's there to give you a deeper connect with the Holy Spirit. It's there to pray. And, and even in that scripture, it's talking about when you pray, it utters, utters words for the saints. You are praying for the saints when you speak in tongues. When you pray in the Spirit, you are uttering words for the, for the saints. God is giving you words to speak over people. When you speak in tongues, it's a weapon. So when you don't know what to pray, it's important to be. Pray, the Bible says to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. It's important. And no matter how many people you hear debunk this, there is no debating whether or not this carries power or not because it's something that grows every believer. It's something that grows your own spiritual life. And, and there are testimonies where people have spoken in tongues over something and something has drastically changed in someone else's life. It can change someone's life. Because you don't know what you're speaking. But again, you could be speaking in tongues and then you know in your spirit, I feel, a, I feel to pray for this person. But the thing is, your spirit might already be praying for that person and you just start to feel it then. So your spirit, having a connection with the Holy Spirit is very important because you are uttering words. You are praying for people you may not even know that God knows they need help. Praying in the spirit is important and it's a weapon. It helps the believer. And the Bible says to pray on the Spirit on all occasions. It's important for the believers to pray in the Spirit. Yeah, and I had a dream a while ago. It was about four years ago, and I had a dream, and I got woken up at like three in the morning. And in my dream, I my mom had <laughs> breast cancer. I never shared this with her. She's probably watching. But in that dream, she had breast cancer, and in my dream i was praying in the spirit and when i was praying in the spirit like that was a revelation that came to me from god and i felt that that's like that's what happens when you pray in the spirit it says that you're praying according to the will of god you're yeah. praying what the spirit wants you to pray and i prayed that and then in my dream i prayed for her i prayed over her after that that it would not come on her. Mm -hmm. And I know that it would prob it was probably something that protected her from that yeah. because it's something that runs in my family. My great grandmother had it and other people have died in my family from breast cancer and from cancer period. And I knew that because I was obedient to get up in the middle of the night and to pray against that, that mm -hmm. It was something that God showed me. And that's yeah. what happens. I know a lot of times when I'm praying in the spirit in my own prayer time, the Lord just drops something in my spirit and I will just pray in the English language. And I would just pray things that what I felt that the Lord was giving to me. And so it's important to be baptized in the, in the Holy Ghost because yeah. it's a sign to other people that you are a child of God because yeah. you are speaking in the tongues. And... I don't know. I love the book of Acts when everyone was praying in one accord. Mm -hmm. And then they went out and they they saw a harvest of souls from that when they all got baptized and right. they were in one accord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, praying in the, in the spirit is important. And when you do pray in the spirit, you don't know who else that's connecting to. You don't know who else that is actually touching in a service in any instance you're in. You don't know if you're praying for someone in Russia who's about to be executed. You don't know. 
But again, this is something they did at the beginning of the book of Acts. It was It's not dead now. You still have that same power today. And when you see, when they were filled with the Spirit, they were all praying in different tongues. And immediately after that, they dispersed. They went out. It carries power. And it says, when they spoke in tongues, other people said, they're speaking in another language. They're speaking in my native tongue. How are they doing that? These men are from Jerusalem. How do they know my native language? How do they know this? But again, when you're speaking in another tongue, it may be a heavenly language, but you don't know how that's affecting someone else. You don't know how your prayers that you may not understand are touching someone else's life and someone else might see a drastic life change for the better because of some prayer you did at 3 a.m. in the morning, because of something you chose to do because God laid it on your heart. It is a weapon. Yeah, I remember your mom sharing too when Mara's dad passed away, and it she it was a hard time for her because her sister passed away, then her mom, and then her dad passed away, and so it was a hard time for Mara. And I remember your mom saying she was just in the bathroom in her room, just crying and weeping and just speaking in tongues, and that's what she did for like a whole day, and she just didn't know why, but to come to find out, like it was interceding for Mara and mm -hmm. because of that Mara was strong and she was able to to do whatever she needed to do right. in that time to help her family to be the rock for her family and to be the godlike example in that because they just got saved also and they were just kind of right. you know warring yeah. with their flesh also and so I think that's a great example is that because you're interceding for someone you're you don't know that you are but you are when you are praying in the spirit mm -hmm. um number three is fasting and prayer it's a we do it as a church corporately in the beginning of the year we do a 21 day fasting fasting and prayer and either doing six to six or um doing food but it's to push aside the plate and to fast food not fasting Facebook, not fasting social social media, mm. not f fasting Xbox or rice or any of that. But yeah, it, it's to push aside the plate and mm -hmm. that time you would um, eat, you would spend time in prayer. Fasting yeah. is nothing without prayer. Yeah. It's just a diet if you don't right. um, incorporate Prayer's prayer. Important. Prayer is a very important thing for the believer. You have to cultivate a life of prayer for a believer. Dad said rice. Rice, yeah, yeah that's a hard one. I don't know if I can get rid of that. No, you have to cultivate a, a life of prayer. And, and like she said, fasting is a diet if you don't pray. Mm -hmm. and, and it gets very irritating to fast if there's nothing coming from it. Like I, I've went days fasting and I haven't prayed Mainly because I haven't had the time to. But again, when that's so annoying is when you feel like you're just wasting your time. And she tells me all the time, if you're going to fast and then not pray or don't have time to pray, just eat. Because there's no point in doing something that you're never going to get anywhere spiritually. It's important to pray. It's important. The Bible says, if you humble myself in my name and pray, see if I will not heal your land. See if I will not do a work in you. You have to cultivate a life of prayer. You have to learn how to pray because it's the only way God hears you. You have to pray. And I'm going to go ahead and read that scripture in Matthew first. I can read it because it's the King James Version that I like because a lot of people keep it out, the, the other version. All right, so. go ahead. 
I'll read it. Matthew seventeen fourteen through twenty one, and it says when, and when they were, and when they were come to the multitude, <laughs> there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and that they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your un uh, unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit <laughs> this kind go goeth not out by prayer and fasting. <laughs> Hi, Mama. Hi. But, yeah. Go ahead and elaborate on that. But, pretty much, they the disciples couldn't cast out that demon because of their unbelief. And, and Jesus said that only this kind can come out with fasting and prayer. And there's power in fasting and prayer. What? I, I'm still caught on the word... <laughs> I'm still caught on the word vexing. Like, I, I still think that's very funny. Vexing, like who says that now? I am very vexed. This is vexing me a lot right now. Who, like, that's just such an old word, but it's King James, so. <laughs> but they don't keep anything out. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing because uh, a lot of people keep out. It doesn't come out by <laughs> but by fasting yeah, and prayer. My son is very vexed. Could you pray for him, please? No, but sorry. that's what I wanted to elaborate on is. Um, it couldn't come out because they didn't. They have hadn't lived a life of fasting and prayer. Uh -huh. So you need to live a life of fasting and prayer because there's power in it. You can. It's weakening the flesh and building up the spirit man in you. Mm -hmm. And we need to live by the spirit. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's it's important, and that's why the disciples couldn't cast the demon out. It's because they didn't have their own spirit man built up enough. You know, they were relying on the name of Jesus. But again, they had to cultivate a spirit, a spirit life. They had to cultivate a, a time in prayer. They had to cultivate time in fasting. They had to build their own spirit man up instead of just relying on, on just what they already knew. On, and that's where many Christians are is they just rely on... On, on their um, whether their parents went to church or whether their grandparents went to church. And many people rely on someone else's um, commitment to God, but they never create their own. It's important for you to pray. It's important for you to have your own relationship with God, not relying on other people's. Because sometime, sometime or another, that person won't be there to carry you. That person won't be there for you to call to, to, you know, for them to pray with you. When you're going through a hard time, you have to cultivate a life of prayer and a life where you have a spiritual connect with God. Because there are people that will call a so-and-so for prayer every time because when they pray that there's something different about it because they don't know how to pray or they don't feel like it or they're, or they're too lazy because uh, someone else has spent time with God. You have to cultivate your own spiritual atmosphere. It's important. 
Don't wait. Cultivate your own spiritual life. Very important. And if you want to know more about prayer, we did our last week's broadcast was about prayer. And you can find it on the podcast apps or YouTube or yeah. our Facebook page. All right. I'm going to go ahead and jump into Job. What was it? 22. 22? Okay. 27 and 28. You will make your prayer to him and he will hear you and he will pay your vows. You will decide on a matter and it will be established for you and the light will shine on your ways. When you pray... God answers, and he will establish your prayer, and he will light your ways. When you pray, you have to pray. <laughs> you have to pray. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen when you because you feel like it happening, or, or you spend a, like a 30-second prayer, God, please do this for me, amen. You have to cultivate time with the Spirit of God. You have to cultivate time with God for him to hear you. Mm-hmm. It's important. Your spiritual life, your prayer life with God is important. You want God to hear your prayers. He says he will establish them and he will answer them. He will make your light shine. But you have to pray. You have to be in a point where you're praying, asking God for wisdom, asking God for guidance, getting close to the Spirit. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. But if you're never praying, how can you know the shepherd's voice? How can you, any stranger that calls you will go to because you don't know the shepherd's voice. You have not spent enough time praying. His sheep know his voice. You have to learn to pray. You have to learn to know the voice of God for yourself or else you'll wander thinking that any ideas is from God and thinking anything that, that comes in thought or, or spirit that it is from God. You have to cultivate a life of prayer so you know when God speaks to you, it'll come to pass. And it's very important. And that's God how work. you commune yeah. with God, too, is through prayer. Yeah, and according to the scripture in Job, he will answer your prayers. He will answer you, but you have to pray. Yeah. All right. And even 7 Chronicles 17, 7.14, you mm. talked about it earlier. If we will humble ourselves and pray, that he will heal our land. Mm-hmm. And we need to humble ourselves and pray and that's why prayer is important and that's why we are taking as a church we are taking time to fast and pray for the nation because it's important there's yeah. uh, an evil agenda going on and that's one way yeah. where this thing will turn around yeah, we're praying if for the people of god will humble themselves and pray yeah and and that's what we've been doing we've been we've been praying our church has been praying we've been praying for our land we've been praying for this country we have. And the thing is, you have to pray. You have to intercede because if you don't, who else will? You have to intercede because it doesn't just happen. The whole saying where people say, no matter what happens, Jesus is Lord, that's not true. The Bible says he has given the earth to man. You are to rule over the earth. But if you're never interceding, God has to have an invitation to move. And if the Christians aren't praying, there's no invitation for God to move. The Bible says if you humble yourselves and pray, he will heal your land. Yeah. Not if you just walk your normal life and, and he'll come down and, and do a work in you either, either way. You have to cultivate a life of prayer. You have to pray. You have to know the will of God because God doesn't come if you're lazy on this. You have to pray. You have to humble yourself. And when it means humble yourself in this verse, it may come funny to people. It, it means fast. When it says to humble yourselves in that time, it's talking about fasting. It's talking talking about humbling the body, not feeding the body. That's what it's referring to when it says humble the, yourself. It's to fast and pray. You want to know something? 
Look at the story of Jonah and Nineveh. Jonah went into that city and they declared a fast for three days. God was going to completely wipe them out. He said, if you repent of your sins, God will help you. And they did that. Three days, sackcloth and ashes. No one ate, not even the animals ate. And look what happened. God spared the land. But God only spared it because they took initiative on it. They prayed. They fasted. Their animals didn't even eat. Their animals fasted. Now, if my dog was to fast, that would be very funny. If my dog decided not to eat, I would begin to wonder what the heck is going on. Their animals fasted. Sometimes she does. (laughs) (laughs) You you have to learn. When you do this, God's going to move. God is required to move. But you are required to do this for him to move. That's how Nineveh, if Nineveh just like said, nah, we're good. Nah. We'll try again later. We're, we're too busy for that right now. They were a wicked city. But God healed them. God let them live. When they turned to God, when they prayed, three days is all it took. But it required a whole nation to do so. What happens if the Christian were to rise up? What happens if the Christian were to actually pray? What happens if the Christian was to intercede for their country? Abraham asked God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah for ten righteous people. Now, if I can make a request to God to save an entire land for ten people, that's power with God. That's favor with God. But God loves you that much. Ask God, as long as I'm here in America, no evil can touch this land. I'm living here, therefore it is my dwelling. Mm -hmm. No evil thing will come. Yeah. And there's more than ten people in America, Christian people, that are in America. Learn to know what your rights are from the Word of God. Look at other stories when they prayed. How did God answer them? How did God answer them? This is important. Prayer is important. Let's go to point number whatever. Number four. four. Yeah. And point number four, or the weapon number four, is the weapon of praise. And this is one of my favorites because I've done a lot of studying on that. But I'm going to go to the book of Acts 16, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to him. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we all... We are all here. And the jailer caught for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Yeah. And that's the weapon of praise. They praised their way out of mm-hmm. out of being in jail. They were free from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you praise your way out of... He praised his way out of prison. He sang hymns. I'm pretty sure the other guy in the other cell was banging on his gate. Hey, why don't you shut up? It's two in the morning. Do you have to keep singing that song? But they kept praising until God answered. He provoked God to answer a prayer. He provoked God when he praised, when he sang. And there's so many stories in the Word of God that I could show you. And I'm going to list a couple of exam- examples. You can go to 1 Kings 20. It talks about Jehoshaphat. 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I was way off then. 2 Chronicles 20. It talks about Jehoshaphat. Then you have the story of Joshua. 
walking around um, Jericho. And those are two examples of stories where they praised and things like God was provoked to move on their behalf. God gave them instructions for Jericho to march around the city. And after that, they gave out a loud shout of victory and praise and blew their trumpets. The whole city came crashing down. Same thing with Jehoshaphat. When the musicians praised God in the front of the army, three armies ended up killing themselves because of the work of God. Because he confused the armies and they ended up killing themselves. It's power with God when you praise. God is provoked to work on your behalf when you thank God for something that didn't already happen. Yeah. Praise God. Thank God ahead of time for something that will happen. Don't praise it, him yeah, after everything. Yeah, great to praise him after, but praise before. Thank God before. Mm-hmm. God, every victory here happened before the, the, the victory. Every time they praised, it happened before the victory. Praise before the victory. It doesn't come after. Paul could have waited till God opened the door and then praised God, but he would still be in prison today. Praise got him out. Same thing with uh, Jericho. Praise broke down the walls. Mm -hmm. Jehoshaphat. Praise destroyed the other armies. Praise will break the bondages of anything trying to hold you back. But you have to do it before. You can't do it after. You can't whine about the situation and then expect God to move on your behalf and then thank God for doing it afterwards. You have to have a heart saying, God, I thank you that I'm not going to be here forever. I thank you for what you're doing for me. I thank you that my life will look different. Whatever your situation may be, thank God that you're coming out of that and thank God for what will happen instead of where you're already at. And watch God move. Amen. You have anything else on that? Um, Psalms twenty-two three says, "Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises." Mm-hmm. Or the New Living Translation said, "Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel." Yeah, you're enthroned on the praises of, of Israel. Who is Israel now? Our it's us. You're enthroned on our praises. Mm-hmm. It's important. Your praise is important. God is enthroned on praises. So if we don't praise, the Bible says the rocks will cry out. This is funny. I can actually keep a rock on my piano. And I, I just started doing this. <laughs> so, uh, when, <laughs> so when no one's moving in church, I'm waiting for that rock to jump. <laughs> that, so, you know, I'm, it's a joke. But again, praise is important. Praise is important. It's the only way you see breakthrough. The rocks will cry out if we don't. I'm not letting a rock take my place. I'm not letting a rock... I'm not going to go to heaven and God said, you know, this rock jumped before you did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to praise now. I'm going to praise while I'm here on earth. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven. I'm thanking God for victory now. And powerful things can happen. Yeah, powerful. I love, like, the story of Jehoshaphat. That's my favorite story in the Bible. When they... The thing is, they fasted and prayed. Mm -hmm. God gave them a thing... um, the what you call it i have no words right now <laughs> he gave them like the plan to go mm, in the attack yeah. the plan of attack to go in and they were stunned when god told them to praise mm-hmm. yeah. to send out your praise and worshipers before the army and when they praised the lord set out ambushes mm-hmm. and they all died 
And then not only that, not only did the enemies die, but they went in and they took the plunder. Mm-hmm. And I love that because they not only won the battle through praise, their praise, but they also took what belonged to the other people and they took those things and mm-hmm. they took all that plunder and it was theirs after that. So yeah. I don't know. That's one of my favorite stories because the power of praise and what they can do in your life. And mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so much things. It says... In this, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And if the spirit comes, if God comes and are enthroned on our praises, his spirit is there. And when his spirit is there, there's freedom, mm. there's liberty, there's joy. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. And so all these things comes when you praise him. Mm-hmm. And we've made it something that we do in our home, that we will praise. I don't dance and I don't think people want to see me dance, but I do it because I owe my praise to the Lord because yeah. he set me free. He saved me. He gave, he gave me everything that I have. And so I do my praise is due to him. Mm-hmm. But even when I do that, he comes and he does things for me and there's victory in yeah. it. Yeah, there is. And the last um, weapon that we have is the name of Jesus. Um, Philippians 2.9. You're going to turn there? Okay. Philippians 2. 9-3-11. 9-11. right. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah. Yeah, and it says that it was given to us, and <clears throat> at the mention of his name, what was that again? Which part? Ten? Yeah. So that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and earth, and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of our God and Father. Yeah, we were given the name of Jesus that is above every mm-hmm. other name. It's above the name of Hilama, above the name of Zane. It's yeah. above every other name. You can say, you can mention God yeah. anywhere, but when you mention the name of Jesus, that's when people start coming after oh, yeah. you. Yeah, and the thing is, God is a generic term. And let me explain what I mean by that. God, people refer to God as many things. You know, you had the you had gods as in little g throughout things. That's what you call a deity, God. It's generic. But Jesus is a name that actually carries power. The names of God carry power mm-hmm. because they have meaning. Anyone is okay with the name God. Just saying God is general. It's generic. People hear it. They're like, okay, we we you know it's God. But again. When you use the name of Jesus, it carries something different. There's a real power. You will see people's eyebrows raised when you say that name. You will see a different look in people's face when you use that name. It offends people. And there's a reason why. You can say, oh, thank God I'm still living today. People aren't going to turn an eye. But if you say, thank Jesus I'm here today, it's a difference. It carries a difference. It carries a different light. People don't understand the name of Jesus. And it carries power. And it carries offense. 
And, you know, even in that scripture we just read talking about the disciples, why they couldn't cast out the demon. One, I told you, is because their spiritual life wasn't grown up. Because the only thing they had learned before that is to use the name of Jesus, Jesus and things would come out of people. They said, Lord, we cast demons out in your name when you said we could. You said, and so they're used to, oh, this is easy. You just go up, say, in Jesus' name, come out, and the demon leaves. Well, when you have a demon that's a little bit stronger than that, that it doesn't just cower in fear, then by the name of Jesus, that he actually needs a real spiritual authority, it surprised them because their spiritual life wasn't grown. But again, the fact still stands. Demons ran at the mention of Jesus' name. Demons ran at the mention of Jesus' name. You have power over every authority on earth through the name of Jesus. It's a powerful name. It carries power. Jesus' name carries power. Go and read what you had. John 14, 13. It says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified mm-hmm. in the Son. And last week we talked about it in, when we talked about prayer. That... The reason why we pray in the name of Jesus is because the word of God says, ask anything in my name and it shall be given to you. Mm-hmm. And with, yeah, with the other two scriptures, I had it. Luke 10 and 17, it's when the disciples said to Jesus, look, when we use your name, the demons come out. And then also in Mark sixteen seventeen, it says you can cast out demons in my name. That's the authority you have as the believer when you carry the name of Jesus. It's a powerful name. Use it. That's why we say it at the end of our prayers. If you ever wonder why, we say in Jesus' name at the end of our prayers. It's because that name carries power. That name carries an authority. Yeah. It's powerful. That's why we carry the name of Jesus. That's why we have to confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior before we die. We have to make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. We have to thank Jesus for what he did. And the Bible says when we confess, and and that scripture she just read, no matter who you are, one day you will confess. And it talks about it. Here on earth, above earth, or under the earth. It's giving all three realms here. Above earth, which is heaven. On earth, which is us right now. And then under the earth, hell. Every name will have to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But let me tell you, while we're here on earth, it is important that you make that decision today. It is important that you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. That you don't wait for that day to do it. Because by when if you wait for that day, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. You don't get a second chance. If you don't confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior while you're here on this earth and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm letting you into my heart. I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm asking you to forgive me. Then there is nothing else you can do. You have to say the name of Jesus. You have to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart today while you're here on earth. Because you may not get another chance. The Bible says we are not promised tomorrow. You may not get another chance to ever say that name. Mm -hmm. You may never get a chance to say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Jesus, wash me and cleanse me. The Bible says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And today, I want to ask you a question. That if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you. And I want you to say this prayer with me, with your heart and lips out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I confess Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And that you're coming back again for me. 
Now say this as a declaration from your mouth. Say, I am saved, I am born again, and I am on my way to heaven. Because I have Jesus in my heart. And just like that, you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. And you don't have to wait till that terrible day where many people will wait and say, why did I never make that decision? Why did I never let Jesus Christ become my Lord and Savior here on earth? And instead they waited, and now it'll be eternally too late. So if you prayed that prayer with me, I'd like for you to write in the comments or uh, private messages. It is great to know that you said that prayer. We really would appreciate it. You know, we're trying to keep track of people that are being um, one to the Lord. And also, we want to be able to send you a gift. We want to be able to help you out. We want to be able to help you out in your Christian walk and how to get started. Because, I mean, the Bible says not to forsake the gathering of believers. You want to have a body with you to build you up. You want to have good people, good Christian people that are there to help you on your way to heaven. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I don't have anything else. Nope. Hi, Kai. But if you're watching or you just started to watch, go ahead and share this broadcast. And if you did say that prayer, you can message us or comment in the comment section because we would love to send you a gift. And we'd love to know if you said that prayer with us because Mm -hmm. it's important to know because Jesus could come back any day. Yeah. And And you see with everything going on in the world today, we are very close. Yeah. We are very close. Yeah. And so it's important to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and ask him into your heart and live a sin-free life because you don't know when he's coming back. And we want as much people to come with us to heaven. Love you, Mom. Love you, everyone. But that's it. That's it. Everyone have a great night. If you stayed for the whole thing, kudos to you. We love you and have a great night. Bye. Bye.